I'm just going to take a few moments to share with you. It'll be a little bit of a shorter message today, but since we have three services, we're compacting everything in together. I have a question for you. What is your favorite part of the Christmas story? Now, I know some of you may not have a favorite part. You may say, I like all of it or whatever, but most of us usually gravitate gravitate to one part or to another of the Christmas story. Uh, many elements we have seen today just through the different things that our teams have depicted. Um, there's the element of Mary being visited by the angel Gabriel and supernaturally conceiving a child. There's the element of Joseph and him having to process all of this and ultimately God speaking to him through a dream. And Joseph getting on board and committing to uh, God's plan in this. We also see the need for Mary and Joseph to travel, travel to Bethlehem and getting there and finding there's no room in any of the inns. And so ultimately they end up in a stable and he ends up being wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. We don't focus quite as often on the story around Anna who was an intercessor who was in the temple praying. Simeon, another man of God who are so excited to see him and to meet him. We also know the part of the Magi who came from the east to worship him. And even though it was a little later on, there was still part of this story. And then there's an account of the angels appearing to the shepherds. And this is where I want to focus for a few moments this morning. And I want to unpackage this and talk a little bit more about this account. So if you want to turn with me, let's go to Luke chapter 2, 8 to 20. And Luke chapter 2, 8 to 20, I'm going to read. And it says, and in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all, all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now I want to take a few moments just to reflect on the story. I mean, it's really incredible. I don't know many people in here have active imaginations. I can have an active imagination. And when I read stories like this, I love to try and picture what it would look like. I've said many times when I'm preaching, one of the things that I really hope in heaven that there's some type of movie room or a virtual reality room or something where we can go, we can actually see what these stories we've read about for so many years actually look like. I become convinced that certain stories are probably gonna disappoint me a little bit just in that it's not going to be quite as grandiose as I thought. But then there's other stories that I'm sure I would not be able to imagine it no matter how hard I tried just to see how incredible it was. And I really do believe this is one of those stories. 
I don't know if you've ever been out in the country when it's the nighttime, it's dark. You know, here in the city, we have so much light pollution. We never get a feel for what it can really be like. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere, and obviously there's the light of the stars, but it's dark, it's pitch black dark. And this is where these shepherds were, and they're tending their sheep. And I don't know if there was the time of night where they still had a fire. Maybe they didn't even have a fire and they were just there together. And suddenly this angel appears to them. I want you to picture that. It says the glory of God shone all around them. What did that even look like? And then he announces to them the birth of the Savior. And if that wasn't enough, then the Bible says then the heavenly hosts appeared. The scriptures don't tell us how many angels that was. I like to believe though, when the Bible talks about there's 10,000 times 10,000 angels, that literally the sky would be filled with angels giving praise and glory to God. I mean, what an incredible moment. What an incredible part of the Christmas story. But today I wanna just ask a question. I wanna reflect for a few moments on this question. Why, with all the people that God could have sent the angel to appear to, why did he choose these shepherds? I mean, have you ever thought that before? There's so many different people that he could have sent the angel to. He could have sent the angel to Herod, which in hindsight probably wouldn't have been a good idea because Herod had ulterior motives. But he could have sent it to the leading citizens of the community. He could have sent an angel to the local rabbi to the religious leaders. He could have sent the angel to the priests. He could have picked this large crowd of people to announce the birth of the Savior to, and yet he didn't choose any of those. He actually chose some shepherds who were watching their flock by night. I mean, in the middle of the night, totally unexpected. Not about you, but I probably would not have put shepherds watching their flock by night at the top of my list of who this news needs to be announced to. If there's anyone like me, it probably would have been right there near the bottom. So why did he choose these shepherds? And really quick this morning, I want to share with you three thoughts of why I believe he chose these shepherds to announce this great news to. The first reason that I believe he would choose these shepherds is it reminds us and it speaks to us about God's heart for all people. Somebody say all people. We read here in the passage, it said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Jesus came for all people. You see in John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world. And so it's interesting to me because the shepherds probably would have been the last people most of us would have picked to first hear this good news. And yet I believe in that and God's saying, you know, I'm not gonna pick those that most would consider important or those that most would consider influential. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick these shepherds in the middle of the field to announce this good news to. It's almost like a declaration. This is for all people. This is not just for some people. This is not just for rich people. This is not just for privileged people, but this is something that's for all people. You know, many biblical scholars actually believe that in Jesus' time, shepherds were actually looked down upon. That, that they were, it was not a desirable profession. That many people did not see shepherds as, as civilized individuals. There was, there was prejudice against shepherds. 
And of course, 2,000 years ago, so we don't know for sure. But even beyond that, I can promise you, even if that was not entirely the case, that shepherding was not a desirable job that many people would aspire to. Even in that, it's interesting because shepherds, because they had to tend their sheep, could not even worship properly. They couldn't take the Sabbath the way they needed to. There was all these different factors. And yet God said, I'm going to appear to them because I want them to know my heart for all people. You might be listening to me today and you might feel so far from God. You might feel like God could never accept me. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know the things I've done. And yet even from the beginning, God was making it very clear, this is good news for all people. Every single one of us. That's the first reason, going to the shepherds remind us of God's heart for all people. The second reason why I believe God went to the shepherds and the angel spoke to the shepherds is it speaks of the heart of Jesus to be the good shepherd. Everybody say the good shepherd. In the scriptures, there are many different pictures or examples that Jesus gave of himself, many different ways that he described himself. But one of the most enduring pictures that he gave was he said, I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11 to 15 says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. We see here that Jesus is describing himself as the good shepherd. We are seeing that Jesus describes himself as a shepherd, one who watches over, one who protects, one who guides and who leads. It's interesting because most animals don't need a shepherd, but sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need some help. If you put a sheep out there by themselves, they will be in big trouble very quickly. All you have to do is a little bit of internet searching and sleuthing. You can see how sheep can get themselves into trouble. I always remember one meme of seeing a sheep stuck in a ditch. The gentleman pulls him out. The sheep bounces up and down and goes in a circle and jumps back in the ditch. Here's what I want to encourage you. Jesus, there's a declaration here. Jesus was coming to be the good shepherd. You and I are not alone in this life. You know, it could be a scary thing to think it's just about luck and happenstance. Now you just got to wait and see what's going to happen in life and try and hope for this. No, we have a good shepherd. And he watches over us. He leads us. He guides us. He provides for us. He protects us. That's who Jesus is. And so there's this declaration, even this moment of his birth, that God is saying, first and foremost, this is good news for all people. And secondly, he's saying that he's coming to be the good shepherd. But this then leads me to my third and final reason of why I believe the angel appeared to these shepherds. Because I want you to know this morning that these sheep that these shepherds were tending were not just any sheep. It was not just a random flock of sheep in that area, but there's something very interesting because the sheep that were raised at Bethlehem, the sheep that were raised in that community and in that region were the temple sheep. They were the sheep from which were selected the lambs that would be sacrificed at Passover. Passover. 
Did you know that? Often we'll hear about this, and maybe if you weren't familiar with this, but part of the Jewish tradition and part of Jewish worship was that every Passover there would be a sacrifice of a lamb, and you'd bring a lamb to be sacrificed. And obviously that's, in one way, a, a horrid thing to think about, but it was it was the, the reality of the wages of sin, and there had to be a sacrifice to cover that sin. And so what the Jewish people would do is they would bring a lamb, but they couldn't just bring a lamb from anywhere. The lamb had to be a spotless lamb. And the lambs that were sacrificed were raised around the region of Bethlehem. And so it's to these shepherds that are raising these sheep and watching over these sheep that the angel appears and says, I've got good news of great joy for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who's Christ the Lord. And that's why so many years later when Jesus began his ministry and he went to his cousin John the Baptist who was baptizing people and John looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was the Lamb of God. And while the lambs that were sacrificed year after year after year would cover the sins, but the next year you'd have to do the same. And the next year you'd have to do the same because it would never actually take away your sin, it would just cover it. But then here comes the Lamb of God who doesn't just cover our sin, but who takes away the sins of the world. Everybody say, He takes it away. He takes it away. What would happen is every year at Passover, these lambs would be sacrificed and 33 years after this time, at the Passover that year, the Lamb of God would go to the cross. It was at the same time in that same time period where lambs were sacrificed, the Lamb of God went and he gave his life for you and me. And so why did the angel appear to these shepherds? Because he was appearing to the shepherds that were raising the lambs that would have been sacrificed, but making a declaration, the Lamb of God has come. And his sacrifice will not just be good for a year, it will not just be good for 10 years or even 100 years, but his sacrifice will be good to take away sin forever. In closing today, I want to remind you and I want to let you know this Christmas, number one, that God's heart is for you. God's heart is for you. There's nothing we can do that would be greater than God's love for us. No mistake we can make. No issue, no past thing that's happened in our life that's greater than God's heart for us and God's love for us. God's heart is for all people and God's heart is for you and me. Secondly, I want to remind you this Christmas season that Jesus wants to be the good shepherd in our lives. Now for some of us today, many of us, we've received him as our good shepherd. But you know what? Sometimes we can be like that sheep that runs off and goes wandering on its own instead of letting him shepherd us and letting us lead him, lead us. Will we allow him to lead us today? Will we allow him to shepherd us? And maybe you're listening today and Jesus isn't your shepherd right now. You're off doing your own thing. Will you let him be the good shepherd in your life this Christmas? He's that we can trust him. And we're in a world with a lot of turmoil. We're in a world where there's a lot of scary things happening. But when you have a shepherd, the good shepherd in your life, you can trust him. And then finally today, I want to remind us about the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I remind us that because of Jesus, there is eternal freedom, there is eternal forgiveness. That's the power of the gospel and that's the power of what the angels were now. That's what was good joy, good news 
of great joy for all people. Was that unto us this day in the city of David was born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. One last verse I'd like to take you to because maybe there's some people listening, maybe some people tuning in online today. And you're realizing I, I need this good shepherd in my life. I need forgiveness in my life. I need, uh, there's sin that I need to be forgiven. And I want to read to you from Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think we all love gifts at Christmas. We love giving gifts. We love receiving gifts. That's a real fun part of the season. But even the symbolism where those gifts came from was it was remembering the gift that Jesus was to each one of us. There's a gift of forgiveness. There's a gift of salvation. This is not about us trying to be good enough to earn God's love or being good enough to get into heaven. None of us have what it takes on our own. But we need a savior. We need the lamb of God in our lives. That's why there's this news of great joy. It's for all people. No matter where we've been, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what's gone on in our lives, there's forgiveness and there's freedom in Jesus. But here's the deal with the gift. Someone can want to give me a gift, but how many know I still have to receive that gift? It's not a gift if you force somebody to take it. And God never forces any of us to take salvation. It's a gift he gives freely, but it's a gift that we need to receive. As you're just in closing, I'd like to pray for you. And if you want to bow your head and close your eyes today. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you today for the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's, that's big, but let's personalize it. Thank you for the Lamb of God who takes away my sin, who takes away our sin when we open our hearts and our lives up to him. And so I pray today that each one of us, even as we go through this Christmas season, there'll be a, a fresh thankfulness in our hearts for the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And if there's those under the sound of my voice in person or online who have not received this gift or maybe received it a long time ago but fell away from it, that today would be the day that they would come back. And so just with head bowed and eyes closed before we dismiss today, I just want to ask if you're in this place and you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to give your life back to him. As myself and some of our leaders, we would love to be able to pray with you today. And so if you say, I need the Lamb of God in my life. I need the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, to take away my sin, to bring me to freedom and forgiveness. If that's you today, just with every head bowed and every high closed, can you just wave your hand at me really quick this morning if you say, I want to give my life to Jesus or give my life back to him. Is anybody today? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the good news of salvation. We thank you for this good news of great joy. And I pray, number one, that each one of us will have a fresh revelation, understanding of how good your news is today. And Lord, secondly, that we will be able to take this good news to others who are around us. God, even as we look forward to 2024, God, that it will be a year of many, many people receiving this good news. And so, Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for this today in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed with me, said, amen.
Amen. Well, we have reached the conclusion of our service. A little shorter today because we all three, but we want to thank you for being here. We also want to thank everyone who has joined us online. It's been so awesome to have you here. A couple things as you go. First and foremost, if you're a first-time guest, please go by the Connect table. We have a special gift for you, and we just want to thank you for joining us. No strings attached, of course, but receive that. Second, on your way out today, we just got a little treat for you as you go, and there's also free coffee and tea and eggnog today, so feel free to get a little bit of uh, just some of the, the treat on the way out. Take a few moments, greet somebody, but have a wonderful Christmas Eve. Have a wonderful Christmas and Boxing Day. God bless you, and we will see you again next Sunday. God bless you guys.